going to share with you about focusing your prayer and fasting. You know, we've been fasting um, for, we're fasting for 21 days, prayer and fasting for 21 days. And we're doing this twice a year globally, CLF. And as I've been praying, I have felt to just share some reminders about prayer and about fasting and to help you to utilize this time in a way that will really help you in God's will and God's purpose. Luke chapter 18 verse 1, scripture says, he spoke a parable to them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. In other words, the parable, the essence of the parable was that we should always pray. Now when we're talking about prayer and fasting, it is important to ask the question, what is the relationship between prayer and fasting? And can we have one without the other? Well, The simple answer is yes. You can pray without fasting and your prayers will be effective. And even though people don't really realize this, you can even fast and hardly spend time praying during the fast, but the fast itself will be a prayer and it will be effective in what you want to do. But prayer and fasting are a combination that when it is being utilized together, empowers us in the grace and the purposes of God in a much more significant way than if we prayed or not, if we just prayed or if we just fasted. The other thing is, as New Testament believers, we need to understand that prayer and fasting is not an option for us. It's not an option. Our Lord did not say, if you fast or if you pray. He said, when you pray, and he said, when you fast. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, he says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, etc. But 6, he says, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret. And then verse 16, he says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. In other words, do not fast as a show. Do not try to impress people with your fasting. So, when you pray and when you fast, it's not an option for us as believers. And if you are serious about discipleship, in other words, you're serious about being an obedient follower of Christ, then prayer and fasting must be a regular discipline that you are engaging. Personally, I believe that as a child of God, prayer should be something you're engaged in every day. And then fasting is something you should be engaged in periodically in a significant way. In a significant way. And in my life, even though you may not believe me, in my life, I have seen the benefits, tremendous benefits of fasting. Tremendous benefits of fasting in terms of how prayers have been answered, how lives have been transformed, and how I personally have been enriched. Now, I want to give you a few scriptures that associate prayer and fasting together and maybe touch on them um, in some way. Matthew chapter 17, verses 19 to 21. He says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Now, the background here was this. There was a man who had a son who had epilepsy. And uh, since as a child, this thing used to, his convulsions would throw him into the fire and so forth. And the disciples tried to cast it out and they could not. Now, 
when you read it, you miss a point. The, the point is, is this. The disciples were used to casting out spirits all the time. They'd been casting out spirits. They'd been casting this thing out, casting that out, casting that out. So when they were faced with this particular situation, uh, they expected it to go. When they used the name of Jesus and they commanded to leave, they expected it to go, but it did not go. So they asked the Lord. So then the Lord comes on the scene, rather, and he ministers to the child, delivers the child, and then everyone is happy. So afterwards, they come to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, within this narrative, there is a clue about what prayer and fasting does. Prayer and fasting enlarges or increases our capacity to believe, to exercise our faith. Somehow, mystically, when we fast and when we pray, we are able to believe or use our faith in a more effective way than when we did not fast and when we did not pray. And in this particular instance, our Lord said that particular problem that they faced could not go except it had been assisted with prayer and fasting. Now, even with this, there's another lesson to learn. And that is our Lord, even after his 40 days of fasting, was continuously engaged in a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Now, there's not much that is said about it in the scriptures, about the fasting side, but there's a lot that we can see about the prayer side. But nonetheless, the inference here is that he was used to fasting and used to, as well as praying. And that's why he could cast it out. Not because he was the son of God. Not because he was the uncreated son of God, but because he was engaged in the discipline of fasting and prayer that enlarged his spirit's capacity to believe. So, Prayer and fasting will enlarge your capacity to believe where previously you couldn't believe. As simple as that. But it's very powerful, it's very profound. Another scripture, Acts chapter 10, verses 30 and 31. Now this is about Cornelius, who was uh, an Italian soldier. And um, so he, he, he has a visitation. And the visitation tells him to call for Peter. And Peter comes, and then he begins to tell why he called for Peter. So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your arms are remembered in the sight of God. Now, what I want you to notice is this, this man had not entered the kingdom of God yet, but he was seeking God. He, was, um, he, believed, he believed in the Jewish practices, but he had not entered the kingdom of God. He was seeking to know the perfect way. And somehow he had learned, obviously through the traditions of the day, the religious orders, that fasting is one of the ways in which you engage God. And so he was fasting. And as he was fasting, he had an angelic visitation. So the other thing I want you to notice about fasting coupled with prayer is that it opens your spiritual eyes. 
it opens your spiritual eyes. Now, I have had many experiences over the years that I know have been as a result of a fasted lifestyle within the grace of God that from time to time I've been engaged in. And so what happens is sometimes when, whilst you're fasting, it doesn't happen, but in this context for Cornelius, it happened. But as you fast, it allows you to become spiritually sensitive to things that you will not normally be sensitive to. Now, there are paradoxes when it comes to fasting. Because, like one man of God said, we shouldn't even call it fasting. We should really call it slowing. Because there's nothing fast about fasting. Everything slows down. You can't think properly. You, you get tired, especially when you start just doing fast on water after three days. You know, not this three, three o'clock business. Three o'clock is all right. Hallelujah. Ninth hour business. That's all right. But when you do like the, the three days on water uh, thing, day one, you start getting headaches. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Day two, you start feeling horrible and even more headaches and you're very, very hungry. How many of you feel like you're going to die? Day three, it's like, what the blazes am I doing? You know, and then you can't wait till it's over. But try day four and day five. Hallelujah. Anyway, but the point is, Fasting will allow you to have spiritual sensitivity. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. It will allow you to hear God with a greater clarity than you had previously done. Another scripture I want you to see, Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. He says, And as they, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed, laid hands on them, and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Now, what I want you to notice here is that these were five elders in the church of Antioch, and they were waiting on the Lord. So they were like ministering to the Lord, the scripture says. So probably they were singing songs to the Lord. Probably they were praying and praising God. But they added fasting to it. They added fasting. And as they were doing this, hallelujah, Jesus, Father, we give you praise. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord, Yahweh. Glory to the name of God. Reading the Psalms, maybe they were reading Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the, in his, in the firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. As we're praising the Lord, singing songs. Oh, Zion is a God. Because they were Jews, so probably some of them were Jews. As they were doing all of this, the Spirit comes on one of them and they prophesy. Separate to me Barnabas, who was the leader of the group, and Saul, who was the youngest of the group, for the work that I have prepared for them. Now, what you see what prayer and fasting does here, or fasting enables, is it allows you to enter into new dimensions and purposes of God for your life that up until the time you fasted you didn't know was available to you fasting will allow you to see what was previously close to you what you couldn't see before now from the foundation of the world this ministry had been prepared for them but it was as they ministered to the Lord and fasted that enabled the Holy Spirit to speak 
clearly separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I've prepared for them. So I have also discovered that during times of fasting or in times of prayer and times of waiting on the Lord, the Spirit of God can give a directive that before I was engaged in it, I would never have known. Many times you may think you know what God should do with your life. But I encourage you to give yourself to prayer and fasting. To give yourself to prayer and fasting because it will give you an opportunity to hear something that will be wonderful for your life. And the ministry that began through Paul, Barnabas and Saul, who later became Paul, had a tremendous impact in the church at that time and till today. Another scripture. Acts chapter 14, verse 23. So when they had, this is Paul and Barnabas, when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Now this is where they had planted churches and then they had gone back to install elders. And they didn't just install elders by just praying for them, they added fasting with it. So what that tells you is that fasting enables you to be initiated into what God wants you to do. So they fasted, laid hands on them, fasted, and then left them. See, the work that we do, pastoring a church, teaching and preaching, it's spiritual. It's not natural. And it is supernatural. It has supernatural dimensions to it. So you cannot treat God's work like you would a business. You cannot treat God's work like you would an ordinary project. At times you have to saturate whatever you're doing with prayer and with fasting. And when you are using these two vehicles, these two vehicles of discipline, it is not, most of the time, it's not very pleasant whilst you're doing it. Now, there are times when you're praying, you know, the anointing flows and it's this, oh, and then you just feel it, oh, Jesus, I love you. But a lot of times, it's a hard slog. Yeah. Many times, when I come before, especially when I'm fasting as well, and I'm praying, as I am praying, it feels like there is gravel in my mouth. My tongues feel like my, my jaw is being governed by lead. Jesus, I love you. It's not flowing. But when I break the fast and I start eating, then it's sugar bakari and nuri. So, when you are fasting and you are praying and you are not enjoying it, that's not a sign that you should end it. This generation does things based on how it feels. By the way, there's nothing you understand. Every generation before you did the same. <laughs> no. So prayer and fasting has to be viewed through the lens of scriptures and not 
on circumstance and feeling and emotion and how you know this is not the this is not proper marketing i mean you look at jesus and his marketing strategy he he did not he did not do it well at all but there was something that he did fasting and prayer so he spends 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness on his own now just remember 40 days before then john the baptist the main man had said the lamb of god you know, or, or actually had, had baptized him. And as he had baptized him, he had come out, you know, the heavens had opened and amazing. You know, if you're doing marketing, that's the time. That's the time to promote the thing. That's the time. John, let's take a selfie picture. You're the main man. And then let him write, you know, commendation. But that's not what Jesus said. The spirit, in fact, didn't permit him. The spirit drove him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil through fasting and prayer for 40 days and 40 nights. But then afterwards, Luke tells us that he returned in the spirit and the power. He returned in the power of the spirit. After being anointed, he returns in the power of the spirit. Why? Because the fasting had configured his being to be able to release the Holy Spirit that had resided upon him. You see, many of us, we have received the Holy Spirit for sure. We've been anointed with his person. But we now need to be anointed with his power. So, you're anointed with his person, so he's able to lead you. He's able to guide you. He's able to talk to you and tell you this and tell you that. Just like with the Lord, he was anointed with the Spirit. And so, the Spirit drove him, literally in the Greek, Ekbalo, thrust him into the wilderness. But now, after he's in the wilderness fasting four days and 14 nights, where his body, his soul, and his spirit had come into proper alignment, he could return with the power of the spirit. The same spirit in him, but now the power could be released. And this is, I believe this is why many of us don't see power. Because we have not learned to combine prayer and fasting. My, in my own journey, I know that many times when I'm given to fasting, I see much more power results and power releases than when I'm not. All right. Just a quick thing, backtrack. What do we mean by prayer and fasting? Prayer, as we know, and if you don't have it, get my book, The Prayer Life of a Disciple. It's got all you need to know about prayer. Not really, no. It's got a little bit that you need to know about prayer. But prayer is communication with God involving several different aspects, including worship, dialogue, warfare, travailing, etc. Prayer is amazing. But it's essentially communicating, communication with God, where you are talking to God, God is talking back to you, you are he's sharing his heart with you you're sharing your heart and so forth fasting on the other hand is the voluntary denial of food or choleric intake where you deliberately decide not to eat or not to have as much calories in you as you would normally do because of your posture before god Fasting is not the same as starving yourself. Let me explain. 
you can starve yourself, and that's great, and it's, that's in one sense is fasting. But what we're talking about in the New Testament context is that when we fast, it is a deliberate act. We have chosen to do it because not an afterthought. So sometimes you may find, and I found this, where I don't eat throughout the day, and I'm not hungry throughout the day, and maybe at four o'clock, ah, if I had known it was going to be like this, I would have made it a fast. <laughs> you know, I, I remember hearing people tell me, me, I don't, if, if it's just missing a meal in the morning, that's cool because I don't eat in the morning anyway. So go ahead and see. Then they start to fast in the morning. And suddenly morning food looks very delicious. Why? Because it's a different dynamic. Fasting is not just you saying, be starving yourself, and then at the end of your starvation, you say, I fasted. That's not, technically, it is a fast, but it's not a fast unto the Lord. That's the point. Also, fasting is the humbling of our soul as our way of demonstrating our need for God and our need for his purpose to be realized in our lives. So you're basically bringing your soul, you're humbling your soul, you're, you're humiliating your soul, you're, you're reducing your soul to a place where your soul, as in your person, recognizes its need for God, your personality. Psalm 35 verses 12 and 14, he says this. Now the psalmist is complaining about the people he used to help. He was helping these people out. Then when he was facing difficulty, this is how they handled him. Look at what he says, so verse 12. They reward me evil for good to the sorrow of my soul. You know, you've been helping these people out. I don't know, has that happened to you before? You've helped people out and then they rewarded you evil for good. Did anyone experienced that before? Yeah. Sometimes people like to make up stories. You haven't experienced anything. Let's move on, let's move on. Okay, quickly. And don't say it was my husband or my wife. Don't say that, no. All right. Verse 13, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer will return to my own heart. I paced about as though he were my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. So, he's saying, these are people I used to help out. When they were sick, I decided to fast. And I put sackcloth on. I changed how I dressed. You know, I put, you know, have you ever, anyone know what sackcloth is? Who knows what sackcloth is? It's sack. And as a cloth, sack, cloth. It's, 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 uh, you know what they put rice in? Those, those bags. Not, not, no, not the rice in Aldi. You know, the Africa rice bags. These are like some big bag, brownish looking thing. And then when you've emptied the, the cloth, it's very uncomfortable. So when, you, let's say your friend was sick, rather than putting on your nice garments, you dressed with sackcloth as your way of prayer. Hey! Old Testament has some powerful ways. And then on top of that uncomfortable thing, you also added fasting because they were sick. 
I don't recall anybody doing that for me when I was sick. Even, even you, Aisha. I don't remember. I don't remember you wearing sackcloth. <laughs> I've never done it for anybody. Myself, I have to be honest. So he did it for these friends who didn't remember him. Oh, Lord. He says, I humbled myself with fasting. I humbled myself. And that's what fasting is. It really is humbling because you realize your addiction to food. You realize you worship food too much. Notice I'm saying you now, not we worship food. (laughs) You realize, ah, that coffee... Like today, the machine was not working. I know I'm fasting, but I can drink coffee. And uh, I said, what's the thing? They said, oh, there's no electricity. But there seems to be electricity. (laughs) And they said, uh, I said, oh, the kettle. They said, no, the kettle. I said, oh, what about boiling the kettle? They said, no. What about boiling the kettle? They said, no. See now, so this is like sackcloth. No, no coffee. No, 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 no. Sometimes when, when you are fasting, your soul is humbled. I remember the first time I ever fasted as a young Christian. I was so angry that it was in the Bible. And I was scared to break it. I had a holy fear. Well, a religious fear, really. Because I thought if you break it, you vowed to fast and then you broke it. That's your end. So during the fast, I would walk to the biscuit tin. I'll look at it. Ah, why? And I walk away. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I was so upset. I felt I remember rolling on the floor. Rolling on the floor. Because I couldn't eat. Your soul is humbled, humiliated. All right. But all of these shows you. That fasting is not a pleasant discipline. It's not designed to be pleasant. Now, to be honest, if you fast long, there are times when it becomes a lot easier. To be honest with you, there are fasts that have been engaged on. And, you know, after like 10, 15, 20, 15 days or whatever, it becomes a lot easier. Your body adjusts to it and so forth. But actually... Oh, let's just be clear. I'm not talking about 10, 15 days, morning, night thing where I just drank water. No, no, no. Let's be real. I've never done that. It's where till 6 o'clock business. That's what. We have, I have friends who've done that. 21 days, 40 days. I am believing for the grace and the will to use the grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, there are times when you're doing a long fast where it becomes easier. But the early stages especially and the latter stages of the fast tend to be very, very challenging. Now, to, imp- to appreciate the importance of both prayer and fasting, we need to remind ourselves of some of the basic dynamics about the importance of prayer. Because fasting in essence is prayer using food or not using food as a way of communicating with God. But you need to to appreciate its power, you need to understand the dynamics and the importance of prayer. A few scriptures about prayer. 
Um, and also, you need to understand that the fast itself is a prayer. Because I've heard people say, if you fast but you don't pray, it's starvation. If that's what it is for you, then do that. But for the rest of us, no, it is not. The fast itself, once you make a decision that I'm fasting unto the Lord, the act of fasting itself is a prayer. All right, so let me give you a few scriptures. In fact, before I give you a few scriptures, I want to share something about fasting in case I don't have time. So, fasting is to prayer. You've heard me say this before. Fasting is to prayer what petrol is to fire. And for whatever fast we're engaged in, whatever fast we're engaged in, to be effective, it must have the following key elements. Number one, the fast must be an act of worship. It must be an act of worship. In other words, we are doing it because of the Lord. We're doing it because of the Lord, because of his will, because of his ways, because of his purposes. So even though I want financial breakthrough, the reason why I'm fasting is because I'm trusting the Lord for financial breakthrough. Do you understand the point? I'm doing it because of the Lord. Number two, the fast must be intentional. In other words, I didn't walk in because I had no food. I decided to fast when I realized I'm not going to have any food. But sometimes what happens is when you have no food and you decide to fast, guess what happens? Food is provided. I like traveling. No, rephrase. I, 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 I don't actually like traveling. But I, when I'm traveling, I like it when I have to go to the, sal- the, the lounge. If I get opportunity to go to the lounge and the food is there. And I also like plain food. I'm one of these strange people. I, I enjoy the plain food. So when I am fasting and I have to travel on the plane, it's a double whammy. I'm just saying, let's just carry on. So the fast must be intentional. In other words, you're doing it by choice. By choice. Number three, the fast must have an object. Whether it's I want to be closer to you, Lord, or I want to see a breakthrough in this situation, or I want my friend to be healed, or I want souls to be saved, it must have an object. And number four, and this is very important, the fast should be a priority. In other words, we will try to make time to seek God during the fast. Now, what you will find is when you try to make time to seek God, you might find it difficult to pray during that time. Don't worry. The mere fact of that 10 minutes that you're trying to pray that nothing comes out, that is a prayer. That silence is a prayer. That effort is a prayer because God sees it. You don't know what's happening in the spiritual realm as you are struggling. Like I used to, when I used to, um, um, before I went full-time in the ministry, during fasting times, I'd go on the toilets, the male toilets, the male toilets. It wasn't gender neutral or anything like that. So it was male toilet. So these days, I've been to one of them gender neutral things. It's very interesting. These days, life is very interesting. But anyway, so I'm in the male toilet and I'm trying to pray and I'm hungry. So... I end up falling asleep a lot of times because I'm hungry. But what I find is the prayer, that is part of the prayer. See, because the religious mind will say, you haven't prayed, therefore you've wasted your time. 
I'm a father. If my children are trying to do the right thing, I don't mark them as if I'm a lawyer. I say, well done. You did your best. And, and Daniel, if it's not true, you can't say it's not true. You did your best. I'll be a very good father. Uh, don't ask questions at the back there. <laughs> How much more God? How much more God? So God doesn't mark us like a legal taskmaster. He marks us based on our heart and the motivations of our heart and the efforts we are making towards righteousness. All right, so let me read a few scriptures and then I will continue this in two weeks when I return from my next mission. All right, so a few scriptures. Romans chapter 12, verse 12 says this, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. In other words, keep on praying. The point I want to make is as we are fasting, as you focus your fast and your prayers, keep doing it. Keep fasting, keep praying. Keep fasting, keep praying. You may not realize the impact, but over time you will see the impact. You will see the impact. There are things that I was sharing with someone today, earlier on, that there were things that I will ask God for. Because they asked me, what am I going to be preaching? So I said, I'm going to be saying this. And they were saying, and they asked me, how do you focus your prayers? And I said to them, what I have learned over the years is this. At times, I really want God to do something for me or in me or through me. And so I'll start praying about it. And sometimes I'll pray one week, one month, one year, 10 years, 10 years, 15 years, 15 years, 20 years. There's something that has recently happened to me that I prayed throughout my Christian life concerning. But what I find is that once the answer comes, like the Lord said in Luke 18, it comes speedily. The change, whatever it is I ask God for, when he answers, it's so sudden, so dramatic, so powerful, so um, permanent that there can be no doubt God has answered the prayer. But whilst you are praying, sometimes it looks like nothing is happening. Whilst you are fasting, sometimes it looks like nothing is happening. And this is why when you are fasting, you have to be very intentional. I am fasting for this thing. So if it doesn't happen, it's because it didn't happen. Not because I didn't ask. I, I, I like to be honest with God. I like this thing to happen by this time. If it doesn't happen, it didn't happen. I'm not going to say it's happened in the spirit. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. I wasn't asking for it to happen in the spirit. I wanted it to happen now. Of course, the spirit, it happens immediately. When you ask of something in the spirit, you get it there and then. Thank God. Because of the power of the cross. But I wasn't asking about the spirit. I needed the money today. Uh, uh, by 5 o'clock, Wednesday afternoon, I need this money. That's why I'm not eating. Normally, I like to eat at this time. But I'm not eating because I need the money. So I'm not eating today. And I'm not eating tomorrow. And I'm not going to eat till the day. The time. So if the time comes and the money doesn't come. 
and I wasn't eating, I know who to hold responsible for this. But if I ate a chocolate bar in between, then I didn't keep my side of the bargain. So I'd like to be very clear. That's why we say we're fasting till three. We're fasting for 21 days till three. That's it. Somebody say, oh, three is too short. Let's do it till six. Do yours till six. We as a church, we're doing it till three. Because I know for me, because I'm the pastor, I have to do every day. I can't get away with Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, Monday. I can't get, I have to do every day. You do like uh, Wednesday, I did it to 10 in the night. I have to do every day. So, I know for sure if none of you fast for 21 days, I will fast for 21 days. Because somebody has to maintain the chain. Are you listening? So continue steadfastly. Be set when it comes to your praying and when it comes to your fasting. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Don't measure yourself with anybody. You know, there are some mighty prayer warriors. Hey, they're amazing. When they start praying, all the angels say, hey, he started. When they start fasting, hey, this is trembling. He's got it again. But that's not you. Let's be honest. That's not you. You, when you start praying, oh, what's that noise? Gabriel, what's that noise? What's happening? Oh, bless his heart. It's Joe again. Oh, he's trying. Oh, he's trying. Give him a break. He's trying. The guy likes his food too much. I know, but he's trying. Give him a break. Let's, let's see what happens. Hey, there's a little spark. Whoa, whoa. Hey, Joe. Keep, hey. Don't measure yourself with anyone. You know, when I started this journey, the Lord told me in the beginning, he said, I have given you little strength. Sometimes I see some of you, God has given you great strength at your beginning. He said, I've given you little strength. So I've learned to be faithful with the small strength. And if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. So don't mess yourself with anyone. Amen? Another scripture quickly. Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying always. So praying in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Praying in the spirit includes praying as the spirit of God moves you, but also praying in tongues. He says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So when you are praying, you don't give up about what you are praying for. You don't give up. You want to see healing? You don't give up. No, no, no. Listen. You want to see healing in your body? You don't give up. You tell God, the doctor said this, but I want that. Or you can say, the doctor said this, so just help me to cope. It's up to you. But until God says something different, what it is you're fasting for, you're praying for, you stick to it. Don't give up. Last scripture and then we will pray. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. In other words, 
Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourself. So, when it comes to the fast, if you've decided I'm going to fast Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm going to fast till 12, that's what you've decided. Do it. If you've said I'm going to fast every day this week, do it. Don't look at somebody else's something. No, 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 no. But stay focused. And then be very clear what it is you want God to do for you. Like this year, there's some things I've asked God very clearly I want to see happen. One of them was I wanted to lose weight. At the beginning of this year, I said, I want to lose weight. Honestly, I thought it was one of them pipe dreams. I have lost the weight. I said, I'll lose a stone. I've lost a stone and I have glory to God. Hallelujah. I may not look it, but I still have. Hallelujah. So, but I kept praying. My goals. Kept praying. By the end of the year, I thought it would be a miracle if I lost a stone. I've lost way over. And we're going to, it's not even this fast. Now this fast, I'm hoping to give something extra. What am I trying to tell you? Focus your prayers. Focus your fasting. And don't give up. Amen. Let's pray. I want to pray for you this week as we commit ourselves to prayer and fasting. I want to give you an opportunity to commit to fasting once a week, twice a week, three times, or every day, whatever it is. So we're going to go through the days from Monday till Sunday. Every about, every eye closed, please, at this point. Those of you who want to be fasting, and if you are online, you can also commit to this. Those of you who want to be fasting on Monday, raise your hand, please. Tuesday. Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wonderful. I thank you. Listen, I want to encourage you as you're fasting. Those of you who didn't commit, I want to still encourage you to fast. You know, maybe you couldn't commit because you found it a bit of a challenge. But I want to encourage you to fast. And also, I want to encourage you to be part of our prayer community, especially the online one. And then also when we gather to fast, when we gather to pray at the end of each month, in this month we won't be doing it because of refresh, but next month we'll be doing it. I want to encourage you at the end of each month when we gather to pray, make that a priority. Because as a church, the Lord wants us to be a praying community, a house of prayer. And I, I don't know about you, but I want to be a house of prayer. Amen? Amen? Amen. Before I close, I want you to just by your close your eyes. I want to pray grace over you. For those of you who are saying to the Lord, Father God, I want more grace in the area of fasting and prayer. I want to give myself holy. Why don't you stand right now? If that is you, as you stand, raise your hands to the Lord in, in that as you say to him, Lord, I want to be given to fasting and prayer completely in the way you're calling me to in this season of my life. Raise your hands to him. And just tell him right now, before I pray for you, just tell him, just voice it to him. And those of you online, feel free to do this as well. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I speak grace over these ones whose hands are raised, who are standing before you, those who cannot stand but who are in agreement in their hearts. I ask the same grace to rest upon them, that you will help us as a church to be a praying community, to be a fasting community. Lord, that prayer and fasting will be norm. Let it become our signature before your throne. 
that we will give ourselves to you wholeheartedly. And through this, let us see your glory evident in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may take your seats. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a mic.